So, yeah, if you want to hear the rest, you probably won't, but come tonight because, well, we don't, who knows what God will do tonight. Um, there may not be a full talk either. Um, if you're just wondering, have no doubt about our commitment uh, as a church to word and spirit. Have no doubt about that commitment. And the fact that we've just used our time in a slightly different way this morning is no indicator of not being serious about, about the Bible but if you're visiting us or you're new to this stuff or you're wondering about God, I just would pray again that you'd see some sense in how we've tried to be led this morning in God being God, it not being us. But it is great to welcome you here with us today and just, you know, praying that he would bless you. So some real just highlights out of what I was going to say. And I just think that's a lovely thing that God's chosen to do anyway, because it'll just focus us more intently on scripture. If you're joining us, we're in a series. It's called Healthy Habits. We're asking, what are the healthy habits of faithful followers of, of Jesus Christ? And today's theme is living simply. But the important thing is, with all of the themes that we've been flowing, is the why. Living simply because you want to break the power of stuff in your life. I, I guess, just a shortcut, we'd all agree there's a problem with stuff. Here's a picture of lots of stuff. I have too much stuff. If you don't have too much stuff in your life, if it's not over complex, please feel free to go and get a coffee now. You can probably squeeze that in before the end of the celebration. Um, can I just say, so the answer to stuff and the power of stuff on us so as someone has said, we buy things we don't really need to impress people we don't really like. That's an extreme, but hey, you know, we, we follow fashion because we're worried about not being up with reality. We're sort of out of step. We don't want to be out of step with others. We consume. I love North Cornwall. When we go to North Cornwall to go on holiday, the first thing I do as a man is go out and find meat. I go to the supermarket. I go across the range. My darling wife, I am leaving you now. I will return after a hunting trip. All the way to the spa. I come back with steak and sausages. Partly that's because I'm a sad man. Partly there's something about consumption. I own more surf tops for someone who never gets on a surfboard than you would ever believe. But there's something serious here, isn't there? And we want to break the power of stuff on our lives. Because stuff gets between us and God. And stuff gets between us and being who we really are truly intended to be. Stuff actually doesn't provide contentment. It actually provides the opposite. It makes us anxious. You know, we, we want that new device. Why do we really want that new device? Why do we have to have that new device? Oh, I'm an early adopter. But actually... What we're not in the territory of, just very briefly, is first picture, becoming Puritans. <laughs> We're not seeking vows of poverty. There should be a couple who look pretty bored and uh, puritanical. There you are. That's why my wife Nikki and I uh, taken <laughs> earlier. We're not talking about that, are we? 
Because poverty is an imposition upon you. Poverty is not something that is a route to freedom. There are some people called to particular lives of simplicity in monasteries and elsewhere. And if that's your calling, praise God. But it's not mine and it's not the calling for most of us. You see, the thing about simplicity is if you are only looking at the outward expression of simplicity, if you are trying to live more simply and not addressing the elephant in the room, which is your heart, then that is legalism. And you're basically saying, God, I'm hoping that you'll be a little bit happier with me because I have made these small changes on the outward. And God does not look on the outward. God looks at the... Okay. It's not about a sort of puritanical poverty. It's not, friends, as I speak in Gloucestershire, about escaping to the country. Here is someone, I believe I look like him. One of the, uh, have you got that picture? Yeah. A lot of us actually, in fact, we're here, aren't we? Because quite a few of us have moved to this part of the world for very, very good reasons. I'm praying that you have seen maybe some simplification of your life, if that's your story, that you've moved to this part of the world. But I bet you could tell me that it has not solved all the complexities of stuff. And there's a third picture coming up on the screens. It's not boring. Okay? Our God is the God of life. So simplicity is not being boring. I apologize if I am not a good model for you in this respect. Please look at David or other interesting people. (laughs) So some scripture. Okay, Psalm 131. Psalm 131. We'll just put the words up for you there. Let me read it. This is written by David. David, many of us will know in our Bibles, was, uh, became the greatest king of God's people in our history, the greatest king. But at this time, he was being accused of wrongful ambition. He writes, My heart is not proud, O Lord. My eyes are not haughty. See where he starts. My heart is not proud. My eyes are not haughty. He means they're they're not looking in the wrong kind of ambitions, the wrong kind of way. I do not concern myself with great matters or things too wonderful for me. This is not boring, puritanical. This is David saying, I've got my eyes set on the things, God, that you are calling me to. God wants us to be the fullest us. God wants us to have right ambitions, but not wrong ambitions. David says, what's his journey as a a follower of God? But I have stilled and quietened my soul. Do you have a still and quiet soul? Like a weaned child with its mother. Like a weaned child is my soul within me. Now when you wean a child, when you 
a child stops receiving its mother's breast milk and moves on to solid food, in that time, the child is not very happy about it, quite often. The mother is not being unkind and unpleasant, is she? The mother is expressing something real... Sorry, bad choice of words. (laughs) The mother is expressing physically and emotionally... A necessary, a necessary thing. Don't put your hand up at this point, unless you are little and it's true. Are you still drinking breast milk? Friends, spiritually, the truth is that some of us are. And we, we get upset with God. How could you, God? How could you, God? Why aren't you feeding me in the way that you should have been feeding me and are feeding me like a baby Christian, like a baby Andrew? But David has learned the truth that to follow Jesus is to get off breast milk and get onto solids. The baby still, after being weaned, rests on its mother's chest. There is no loss of intimacy. There is no loss of care and concern. But what's changed is the baby has been appropriately matured. And then he finishes, O Israel, put your hope in the Lord both now and forevermore. Now, I felt called to that passage for myself. And I'm asking myself about really being on solids with my God. I wonder if that speaks to you. And the second passage I just want to go into is Matthew 6. Be familiar again to a lot of you, but again, if we can just put that up on the screens. Matthew 6, 25, and you can follow in Bibles if you've got them. Let me read you through again a familiar passage to many of us. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not reap or sow or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. So do not worrying, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. It's not about being puritanical. It's not about trying to escape from the world. It's this. But... 
Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. That is today's talk. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Friends, do you have an anxious soul? Do you have an anxious life? Do you have too much stuff? Is the stuff obscuring? Is the stuff causing addiction in you? In other words, you don't feel happy if you don't have it. Any compulsion is away from God. If it's, if it's like that, that's an addiction. You can even make simple living an idol. You can make health, I clearly don't, an idol. All of the outer stuff can obscure your relationship with God. And Jesus says it has power. And friends, we live in one of the richest places in one of the richest parts of the world. We would be absolutely kidding ourselves and fooling ourselves if we did not recognise that this is more pertinent to us than perhaps for others. Please recognise the harmful power of stuff. Please, though, do not go from here today resolved to do more things in your own strength. If you want to grow up in your faith, if you want our church to grow up in its faith, seek first the kingdom of God. I'll put a slide up. It's the last one, please. That has some thoughts and suggestions for practical action. I'm going to get my glasses because I can't read it. <laughs> See, there's vanity, isn't there? Straight away. Jesus says, contemplate the lilies, contemplate creation. One way of addressing stuff is to dwell in the Lord, isn't it? And appreciate God's provision. So often so simple, but so profound. A second thing is deliberately to try and choose things for their usefulness. Not their, not their status. I am speaking to myself right now. Thirdly, to identify and reject anything that is an addiction. That's, a, that's something that has a compulsion in you. It can be your telly. It can be alcohol. 
It can be, it can even be going to the gym. If you could put the next one up, because I don't have my notes in front of me. Thank you. Give away and share wherever and whenever you can. This is an incredibly generous church family. We've experienced that ourselves so much in being welcomed here. But how can we practice the antidote to consumerism, which is to give away? And that's partly through our church, unashamedly. If you're not made an arrangement to give regularly through your church... Wherever that may be, and I'm not asking for here, and I'm not asking on behalf of God, as I often say, he doesn't need your money. But your soul needs the practice of regular giving. Your soul does not need, well, when I go to church, I put a bit into the basket. Your soul does not need a bit of change from your pocket. Your soul needs first to the Lord. And I don't care where you give it, frankly. Give it, just give it first. If you have a problem with giving here, please, for your soul's sake, give first somewhere else. Speak plainly and honestly. Andrew, don't exaggerate. A dimension of simple living is to not embellish. You know, those times... I might pretend I've read the whole of a book when I quote a bit of the book because it makes me think you think more of me. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Sixthly, however you can, act against the oppression of others. What do you have in your hand with your buying choices, your voice, your advocacy, etc. Wherever you can, however you can, act against the oppression of others. That's why as a church we're committed to, committed to anti-trafficking, anti-slavery initiatives in our town. And finally, choose sharpening friendships. People who know you and can speak truth to you. People that you can be honest about. Particularly in that one about addictions and compulsions. You know, there are some addictions and some compulsions that are obvious, aren't there? But there's a lot more that are much more subtle. And they often have just the same power over us. So there you go. That's the short talk.